Welcome to Inconversation, the podcast that fuels your entrepreneurial spirit. Brought to you by Inhomoco. We deliver thought-provoking conversations with industry leaders, game changers, and unsung heroes, all making an impact in their communities and shaping the future of business. Let's grow together and transform the world, one business at a time. It's an honor to have you come and be part of the conversations. I have had a chance to read through your bio and you have had such a wealth of experience working with entrepreneurs, supporting entrepreneurs. And I would like you to maybe introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your experience and your journey to becoming the CEO of Digital Africa. Thank you for that. My name is Isadora Bigourdan. I come from France. I'm very happy to be here in Rwanda. Thank you very much again for having me. Mouda Kose for that. So yes, I've been working for more than 20 years in uh, the uh, financing world, so to speak, because I began my journey as an international business lawyer when I was uh, really focusing my activities on funding. I went uh, a lawyer and then an investment officer, mainly on impact investing. Mm. And throughout the journey, it turns out that uh, everything was about human. And even if you do funding... I noticed that when you do your risk assessment, 90% of the credit risk was based on human skills and the fact that uh, it was related to human management failure, in a sense. So I decided I would go on training and education. And uh, my intention, my purpose was to empower talent to create a sustainable venture that can create impact in their communities. So I thought the right approach would be to create a venture where we can do everything. So we can provide training, upskilling, access to data, as well as funding and visibility. So that's how I uh, ended up, in a sense, uh, being the lucky CEO of Digital Africa. That's what we do, is we focus on very early stage tech startups. And we really want to empower these tech champions at the very early stage where they take the more risk so that they can enter the entrepreneurship journey and develop tech ventures that make a difference. That's wonderful. Given your experience so far at Digital Africa and maybe working in the region, could you share your insights on the current landscape of entrepreneurship and startups in the region? Well, I'm very passionate about this. I've been working for 15 years now, and I've been very lucky to witness how far things go. So when we talk about the leapfrog in Africa, it's something that you can witness every day. Mm. What I see is what is very special about the continent is that the entrepreneur, very creative, they really have the tech skills. So they have the more than the skills, they have the mindsets. Mm. What I see in Africa is even if connectivity, yes, is still an issue, the use of digital tools and solutions have been adopted by the communities and the population faster than everywhere else in the world. And so you don't have any mental barrier. On the other side, uh, it still remains a question of inequality in the sense that, for example, funding, if the amount of funding that has been channeled to the continent raise and raise, it's 5 billion US dollar on average each year. So it, it's been on the rise every year, but still it's 2% of the amount of capital that is invested in venture capital throughout the world. So it's still too low. We need to show to the world the fact that uh, Africa is full of tech talent, right. waiting for opportunities and means. And one last word is the fact that the opportunities are still channeled to five main countries, mainly, mostly Anglophone-speaking countries. 
Correct. And that we need to work now, and that's what we do at Digital Africa, we need to balance the opportunities in the sense and make sure that even in some countries like Senegal or Ivory Coast or Tunisia, they're really into the game, but still lots of countries are under the radar and it's a shame because they're full of talent. That's right. So you'd say Digital Africa's focus is on Francophonie Africa, if you will. We are operating right now in 31 countries throughout the continent. What we do is, in terms of very early stage funding, we've developed a fund named Fusée, which aim is to target very early stage startups that are operating in Francophone Africa. So in that sense, we've made the choice to focus on Francophone Africa with this investment pocket. But for the other program, from talent to access to data or even bridge funding, we are operating in 31 countries throughout the continent. Like Digital Africa, Inhomoko is also passionate about supporting entrepreneurs. We largely focus on youth and women, including innovative talent from refugee and host community populations. This is in Kenya, in Uganda, in Ethiopia. And what we try to do is to equip them with the knowledge, with the tools and process it, the things we think will help them achieve success. And I think that like Digital Africa, we have also observed some obstacles that young people face. But I'd like to hear from your perspective. Someone has worked in this field for quite a long time, but also as the CEO of Digital Africa. What are some of the most significant obstacles that entrepreneurs and startups face in Africa, especially those in low digital penetration areas? First, allow me to congratulate you for the wonderful work you've Thank been you. doing. And uh, in terms of obstacles, I would say the first is connectivity. I was talking about connectivity earlier. It's only a third of the population that have an access to internet. So, you know, that's the first uh, obstacle that you will find, but they are solutions. Uh, again, I was talking about POA internet and they, there's lots of startups that are developing now um, wireless uh, broadband services to ease this access. I would say the first obstacle that I see is access to a community, to mentorship, mm. to a family. You know, let's face it, entrepreneurship is a tough journey, full of challenges. And so if you want to get the tools that you need, and if you even want to realize that you need that kind of tools, role model is key, specifically for the girls and the women, because when you can see that some people that you admire is doing it, then you will allow yourself to jump into the entrepreneurship journey. After that, there's a lot of skills that you will need. And, but really, I would say that knowledge or training is out there. It's just how do I find it? You can develop a tech solution in your bedroom. <laughs> so you can do that kind of stuff if you're good at programming or if you're passionate about the subject. But how do I make this a venture? And for that, you need really uh, to get into a community through a venture builder and incubator. We have more than 60 venture builders uh, partnering with us in that journey throughout the continent. And even if you can't, because you're in a remote area, you can't go to a physical place, you can definitely find a, maybe an online uh, community or somebody that will help you in your journey. When you have an idea, you have a tech solution, maybe you have a proof of concept. How do I reach my market with that product? So I would say that the obstacles is break the loneliness. So join a community. There are plenty of communities of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs are really into peer-to-peer -peer learning and sharing. So it's really a very generous community in that yeah. sense. And the give back is something that is natural for an entrepreneur. So find a community and that community will help you identify the tools you need, depending on the stage of development that you are uh, 
Yeah, I agree. I think they often say, and I think rightly, that entrepreneur's journey can be a lonely journey, but also that entrepreneurship doesn't happen in isolation. You know, entrepreneurs are part of a community. And, and I think you rightly say that finding other entrepreneurs, finding other resources. But speaking of that, um, do you see any overlooked resources that young entrepreneurs on the continent could tap into? Podcast is one very good thing. Yeah. Listening to podcasts, if you have yeah. a chance, there's a lot of podcasts on, with entrepreneurs sharing the journey, sharing tips and stuff like this. So it's an easy one. In lots of places, you can find uh, venture builders or incubators or networks such as uh, Y Combinator. It's in the US, but they share lots of information on the entrepreneurial journey. There's a lot of startup studios that are growing on the continent uh, everywhere. So it depends on where you are on the continent. But um, for me, really, uh, the risk is to get lost. You know, the first thing that we do when we work with entrepreneurs is we assess their skills and their yeah. talent. Because, you know, it's difficult to give a general answer on this because every journey is unique. And so, as you were saying, uh, a startup is, first of all, a human adventure and a collective adventure. So you can't have all the powers. So what we do is we work with the entrepreneurs assessing what are my superpowers and what other superpowers do I need to create my venture. You have to have that kind of mindset when you realize that you can't do anything on your own. And lots of entrepreneurs will say, I do this and I do that. And when I was uh, conducting due diligence to invest in startup, that was the first thing I would tell the founder. Just don't begin with I, because you will never do anything yeah. on your own. So you need a collective intelligence with you. And it's going to be a lonely journey. So the best entrepreneurs, the one that succeeded, they're very humble because they know that it's everything is a challenge. You have to love challenges if you are an entrepreneur. That's the first thing that you need <laughs> that's, to know. That's entrepreneurship. Yeah, you have to it's, turn it's every challenge. challenge into an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And that's a mindset. So as an organization, Incomoco believes in that all problems on the continent have solutions that already exist on the continent. That's one of our core values. Mm -hmm. And you have shared in the past and even now briefly that young innovators need funding, they need advocacy to be able to turn their ideas into sustainable and valuable ventures. But there is sometimes a disconnect between what entrepreneurs need and the actual system. Mm -hmm. And I would like to hear from you, how does the current system on the continent compare to those needs? Well, what I find very interesting on the continent is, uh, let's talk, uh, for example, about Rwanda or Tunisia. When a leader understands the power of technology and brings conscious leadership, leveraging on technology, you can really transform a country. And what you do is you have to create a common understanding of what technology is about and what it can bring to the country. And let's speak about Rwanda, for example. You see that there's a strong political will that digital solution will transform the country. So what do they do? They train kids having this mindset, so transforming their mindset yep. and having the right vocabulary. Then they go very serious about it in public services, in they train civil servants. What they do is they spread all over the place the mindset, the vocabulary, the fact that it's becoming normal. Yeah, And that was the same for Tunisia. If you look at Tunisia, for example, what they've been doing with the Startup Act is really powerful because um, at what stage it was the startup that said, OK, we cannot operate and create a powerful venture in this ecosystem. So let's create the regulation that we need. And that's what they've been doing. And now if you look at Instadip, who is like the biggest uh, exit, uh, uh, Instadip is a machine learning uh, right. a company. Uh, they've developed a system based on data analysis that help decision-making process. And they've just been brought out by uh, BioNTech for 
635 million US dollars. So it's wow. a nice uh, amount. And they've been saving millions of lives during the COVID-19 crisis. And we see Expensia that has just been another Tunisian startup. Why do we have so many success stories? It's because all stakeholders from the country, from public, from the entrepreneur side, from investors, they decided they would come together and create a common language and common regulation for these seeds to enable this seed startup to bloom. I think speaking of creating the environment for startups to bloom, Digital Africa recently signed a strategic partnership with Orange, Miro and Miro Eastern Africa to strengthen the support and growth of African startups. What opportunities will this partnership open to startups on the continent? The partnership focuses on different uh, subjects, but uh, let's talk about Fuse. So as I was saying, Fuse is an investment uh, pocket that is devoted to very early stage startup operating in Francophone Africa. So the way it works is so you can apply on the platform, on the interface. So you, you're very welcome to apply. If you are a young innovator, a young starter, you go to fuse.digitalafrica.co. There's an interface. You can check your eligibility in like 20 minutes. And after that, uh, you apply. Uh, tickets go from 20,000 to 50,000 euros. You will have an answer very quickly. We have a very speed uh, due diligence process. And... Um, what we do is we work, and that's why we're very happy that we can work with Orange and the Orange Digital Center throughout the continent, because it's a partnership between the venture builders, in this case, Orange Digital Center. So they will identify promising startups that are looking for funding. So they will channel them to the interface Fusée. The startup will apply, stating that they are part of the Orange Digital Center program, and then it will give them a fast track and so they can get access to funding quickly to develop their venture. What we do at Digital Africa is we don't do things that are already done on the continent by uh, very uh, experts and uh, powerful uh, partners. We just humbly add what we can to the dynamic. And so in that case, we add the ticket so that the startup can go from the idea to from the POC to something that can be fundable in Series A round. Yeah, that's great. Briefly share more, specifically what does Digital Africa look for when you're considering investments in such startups? The first thing is at Digital Africa, we support tech startups that have an impact on the real economy. So being through job creation, access to essential services like clean energy, education, health. So that would be the first thing that we would look at is your um, solution, in a sense, a real issue, <laughs> something that will actually change, uh, improve the lives of people on the continent. Then we will have a very close look at the team. So we will have a look at your expertise. Are you diverse in terms of gender, in terms of expertise, in terms of what we see a lot is uh, people that have been studying abroad and they come back to the countries and they want to contribute. The venture has to be in Africa, grounded in Africa. Um, the team has to be a citizen of the country, on the continent. We will have a very close look at the team and we will have a close look at the potential of your uh, tech product. So is what you are bringing different? How will it make a difference and how it can be scalable? Is it really a tech product? For example, if it's only using a, a website to sell your products, it's not a, what we will define a tech solution. It's more like using a tech solution that is already here to expand your business, but it's not something that is innovative. We will really mainly focus on the three things that I've said. So 
is your product really a tech product? What about the team? And um, what are you, are you a game changer in the environment? Are you bringing up an innovation? What does it look like for just Africa 20 years from now? What I'm very excited about and what I see a lot is uh, the fact that solutions that uh, took place in Africa are being called out everywhere in the world. I was talking about uh, Instadip earlier, but I can talk about Expensia, which is a startup that yeah. is revolutioning uh, the way you manage your professional fees. They've been bought by a Swedish company and the solution will be spread all over Europe. The way I see it is that what's happening now on the continent, the solution, the tech solutions that are being created, tested and developed on the continent inspire the whole world. For me, in 2030, investors will have um, be multiplied by a thousand, a million, let's dream. Funds will be like channeling massively to the continent. More and more countries on the continents will have developed startup acts and friendly ecosystem for startups. It will be a career that will be considered as less risky by the family because, uh, you know, let's face it, it's something that is uh, still an issue when you... It is. Yeah, when yeah. you say, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, your family will say, yes, okay, but first find a job. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Who's going to pay the bills? Yeah. You know, so... so they would have that many success stories that, uh, you know, you will be considered as a hero and it will be okay. Yeah. I think we're starting to see some of that happen in Ikigali. More and more young people are taking the, the entrepreneurship route. They're being encouraged by what they see happening on the continent, in the city, the likes of Norskin. More and more young people are starting to see this as a real viable option. And again, you know, uh, success stories and role model is very key because yeah. uh, to attract investors... Because, you know, let's face it, when you're an entrepreneur, you need skills, data, and you need money, funding and visibility, but you need funding. And to attract more investors, you have to showcase the continent is showcasing success stories. And what I really feel is a good news is I hear lots more and more entrepreneurs telling me, I create my product for Africa, but now I received a call from Europe or from the US or from India um, how do I do this? You know, how do I, I don't know. I'm not ready to go to these markets. I, I never figured out that it will go so fast that my solution will attract people outside Africa. Being lucky enough to be operating here in Africa, it makes me smile all the time because, you know, if you do a contest here in Africa, 100% of startups will try to tackle some big challenge, some big challenge, and they will never create a that doesn't make sense for the community. Yeah. See what I mean? You will not create a new need. You will just try to tackle with technology a challenge that everybody yeah. faces in the everyday life. Yeah. The challenges exist, yeah. really. So whatever they invent or do, so it's already impactful. Yes, but for example, uh -huh. when you say the challenges exist, they exist everywhere in the world. So the challenge, for example, on climate change. Unfortunately, Africa is one of the first parts of the world very strongly hit by the climate uh, change. But it's going to happen everywhere. And what I feel is very interesting is that um, I'm very enthusiastic about what's going on here on the continent. It has to inspire the whole world because I have to be useful to my community, otherwise it's useless, which is not really the case in other parts of the world. The mindset <laughs> is not the same. Yeah. And um, ask the question to myself, is it useful? You know, is it tackling something that is really changing life? Does it make sense in a sense? You know, am I using technology for the right purpose. And yesterday, again, uh, it was funny because the first question that I've been asked by a student at AU was, how do you make sure that the startups that are using data and machine learning, the one that you support, 
are compliant with ethics mm. principle mm. and values. And that's funny because I'm sure in other parts of the world, uh, ethics will not be as much as a heart yeah, at the forefront. Interesting. Very interesting. But there is young innovators somewhere on the continent who maybe they don't see this. They are working day and night. They are toiling so hard and they don't see these opportunities sometimes or they just feel like no one is seeing them or no one is out there to support them. What would you say to those entrepreneurs? First, I will say you're not alone. <laughs> I can testify that, uh, you know, the entrepreneurship community here is blooming. So find a family, find a community, find a safe place where you feel that you can uh, find uh, all the fellow entrepreneurs with whom you can exchange or university near to your house, either on a network where you can go and check on Digital Africa. We have the list of uh, all the venture builders, partners that we're working with. If you feel you have a very exciting tech solution that you want to share with the world, go and test it within a community in real life and share your needs, share your um, frustrations, share what you feel you would need to go further and you will be surprised by what's happening uh, because uh, people will come to you and uh, will propose mentorship. That's what being an entrepreneur is all about. Opportunities will not come to you. Don't wait in your chair uh, crying. They don't come knocking. They don't come knocking. So you will have to fight for them. Mm. But the more you go for them, the more opportunities. So go out there, create your opportunities. There's a lot of things going on, really, in every country. You know, I was amazed to meet with amazing entrepreneurs from Libya or from countries where it's not very easy to operate. And yet so you have lots of uh, entrepreneurs in Mali, in Niger, for everywhere, really, it's blooming. And um, access to tech skills are easier. We are actually running a scholarship program named Talent for Startup, and the next batch will be uh, open uh, in the fall. So please visit the website and see how we can help you acquire tech skills. One last advice maybe would be beware of the storytelling. It's very important. Mm. Test with your uh, grandmother, with your five-year-old brother or niece, or I don't know if what you are proposing is clear. What do I want to change? What what am I trying to tackle here? So that's great. I, I like cut the loan less and go for it. Yeah, yeah. And if it's not as a founder that you can contribute, you can contribute with who you are, your energy, your yep. skills, your superpower. Again, a startup is a collective adventure and not everybody is made for the front line and it's fine. You need uh, expertise and uh, so go for it. Find your partners, find your allies and we are waiting for you to transform the continent. <laughs> Thanks so much. This has been great. Yes, thank you very much. Murakoze. Uh, well, let's keep on going this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. At Inhomoko, we are dedicated to empowering entrepreneurs across Africa with the tools, resources, and knowledge they need to flourish in today's competitive business landscape. Now, we are bringing that passion to this podcast, taking you on a journey through inspiring stories from around the globe.